Hello, and a very warm welcome to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. This program is about helping you thrive in some of the most challenging coaching situations. Our aim is to support you in bringing your coaching to the next level, whether you're new to coaching or you're already an expert professional. If you're a coach, leader, entrepreneur, leadership development professional, or a human resource manager, this show is for you. Welcome to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Berus, and today I'm very excited to be interviewing Lisa McLeod. Lisa, please introduce yourself. Well, hi, Katrina. It's a pleasure to be with you and with your listeners. I'm an American, and probably the thing that I'm the best known for is a concept called noble purpose, which is a way that you can harness all the emotional engagement of your team in the service of a purpose greater than just money. And it's about the impact that you have on customers. And a lot of my clients experience double-digit sales growth, and a number of them have even doubled their businesses using this concept. Thank you, Lisa. And you also have written a book of Leading with Noble Purpose. Tell us, define for us what you mean by noble purpose. Well, it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of talk out in the world about companies doing good. And the thing that I want to really, really clear about a noble purpose methodology is that it is a commercial model because you see, we kind of get confused about things. We think we can either do good or we can make money or we make a lot of money and we do good on the side. But what my research has found is that if a company marshals its energy around what we call a noble purpose, which is a clear and definitive statement about how you improve the lives of your customers, when a company harnesses all their energies towards that noble purpose, they are actually more profitable, they have more engaged employees, they have more engaged customers, and they ultimately wind up doing more good in the world. And how does noble purpose work? Well, it starts with having absolute clarity about how you make a difference to customers. And I keep using the word customers to mean the people that buy your products, the people that you sell your services to, or if you're in the nonprofit world, your constituents that you serve. And so the first thing that we ask companies when we work with them is they need to be able to answer what we call the three discovery questions, which is how do we make a difference? How do we do it differently? And for the people who work there on your best day, what do you love about your job? And those three questions become the narrative of the business. And out of those three, we usually craft a noble purpose statement. It might be something like for one of our clients that's in the travel business, it's we care about delivering amazing travel experiences. And that becomes more than just a tagline. That becomes something that they codify down through the business. They have to identify what does care look like? What does our delivery system look like? What does amazing look like? So it's not just enough to say, we care about customers. You have to be absolutely clear about the impact that you are having on customers. And then you have to take that into every level of your business. So tell us the three questions again, how to make a difference. How do you make a difference? How do you, to your customers, how do you do it differently? And on your best day, what do you love about your job? You know, I know you have a lot of leaders that listen to your podcast that may not be managing or leading customer-facing groups. And this is really important for them that they are able to trace back 
their job role, their department, their team to the impact that they have on customers. Is one of the things I talk about in the book that's a little bit controversial is this whole idea of internal customers and it doesn't work. And it doesn't work because there's never going to be as much urgency for internal customers as it does external customers. And so if people say, well, we really serve internal customers. I mean, that's nice. You want to do a good job for your coworkers. But everyone in the company needs to be absolutely clear how their work affects the end customer, the person who pays you. Yeah, I think that's a very important point for sure. And uh, you can never be focused enough on it. You get sort of engrossed in your job and you forget sometimes to focus on your avatar, your client. Tell me, Lisa, you also wrote this new book of yours called Leading with Noble Purpose. And you talk about a backstory. Why does the leader's backstory matter? People are always trying to figure out what's important to the leader. And so there's two things I want to mention here. One is the fundamental tenet of leading with noble purpose is that you as a leader have a choice. You can tell a money story or a meaning story. You can try and rally your troops around hitting the quarterly target, making the earnings, the profit, all of those things. But if you do that, you will be short-lived at best. The money story drives mediocrity. If you tell a meaning story about this is the impact you have on customers, this is the difference our products make in the world, that's the story that our research shows. If you can embed that in your organization, you will outperform the market by 350%. So first off, the leader has to tell the story about what the business is about. And you can be about money or you can be about meaning. Our data all points to if you're about meaning, you'll have more engaged employees, more engaged customers, and you'll make more money. Can you give us more examples of how the meaning impact makes the difference? So imagine you're an employee in a company and your leader has told you the most important thing to do here is to make money. We need to hit these quarterly targets. The most important thing is make money. And every day you wake up with this sort of make money, make money, make money. So what's going to happen is we don't need to look any further than Wells Fargo, like that. You will make money, but it'll be very short-lived because you won't be focused on the customer. In another organization, if the leader says, your job is to make a positive impact on customers. Now, we need to do this in a profitable way, but our end game is positive impact on the customers. Then you will become a company like Apple, like Zappos like some of the people we cited in our book, G Adventures, who's a client of ours, Hootsuites, who's a client of ours, that doubled their revenue because their end game was customers. So that's the difference between a money story and a meaning story. Now on the leader side of things, as a leader, people want to know your backstory. And what I mean by backstory is they wanna know why you're there. So I'll give you an example of my backstory. My backstory is, I came out of corporate America. I am so frustrated with the fact that 51% of people are not engaged in their jobs. It absolutely breaks my heart. It's the greatest waste of resources. I also came from a company that I ran once that didn't do well and we weren't hitting our numbers. And so I know what it's like to be that leader who's worried about money. And so what I decided coming from that was 
I don't want to live in this false dichotomy of money versus meaning. We can have both. We can make money and we can make a difference. And that's what I help my clients do. But I want to share a little bit of my backstory to tell people why I'm there. And as a leader, you know, I had one CEO that I was working with. He just took over as the CEO of an allergy company. And I said, well, why'd you come to work here? And he gave me all these numbers. And I go, well, you know, you had a choice. Why'd you choose here versus somewhere else? And he said, well, to be honest with you, it's kind of silly, but my wife suffers from allergies. And, you know, about a month before I went on the interview for the CEO job, she had to leave our son's orchestra concert because she was sneezing and wheezing so much. And I don't want people to have to suffer like that. And so I said, well, why don't you just tell that story to your team on your first day? And so then everyone knows why he's there. Yeah, I see what you mean. You you know the person behind the leader, really, as well. Well, people are always, one of my favorite leaders I talk about in the book is Cheryl Batchelder, who's the CEO of Popeye's. And one of the things she says is people are always trying to guess your motives. Just tell them on the front end to make it easier. Yeah, that develops trust, too. It does develop trust. So also, how do you operationalize these ideas if you're a big company, for example? Well, it is a challenge if you're a big company. And so I'll give you an example that one of the companies that we talk about in the books, one of our clients is Flight Center. They have 80,000 people. They're in 60 different countries. That is a big company. They've got people in cultures all over the world. And so their noble purpose is we care about delivering amazing travel experiences. And so what that means is, as I said earlier, we had to actually unpack what does caring look like in every single job? What does delivering look like in every single job? And put metrics against it. How does our customer define amazing? What does it mean to them? What are the things that make it amazing? And then we map every single job in the company back to that to say, how do you contribute to this? And so one of the things that happens is people will come up with some great purpose statement. We want to be the best in our community at XYZ. And then what happens is the daily cadence and tone of the business is all about the numbers. And so that lofty purpose statement is on the website. It's in the marketing materials. They talk about it at the annual report. But to make it come to life, you have to look at what you're measuring. And you have to be able to measure seemingly nuanced things. Because the companies that just look at spreadsheets and look at numbers are making a big mistake. Because you see numbers are a lagging indicator. Your revenue, your profit, your productivity numbers, those are all a representative of the thoughts, the mindsets, the beliefs, and the systems that were in place a year earlier. They're a lagging indicator. They're the result of what happened. They're not the root cause. And so you have to look at these more, what we think of as fuzzy things, qualitative things, like Chick-fil-A is a big company here in the States, and they're the number one in fast food. They look at the customer comments on the cards, not just what the customers tick off boxes one through five, but what do people actually write? Because that's a leading indicator. Another one of our clients holds regular employee meetings to gauge attitudes. It's harder to measure, but those are actually the leading indicators of where your business is going to be a year from now. So leading indicators, super important. What's the difference between operationalizing uh, these ideas for a solo entrepreneur, or is there a difference? 
There's not really a difference. As a solo entrepreneur, though, you have to wear all the hats. And I run a small consulting firm myself. And so I'll tell you, as a solo entrepreneur, you have to be so clear on client impact. What is the impact you want to have on your clients? So in our company, our purpose is we help leaders drive revenue and do work that makes them proud. Those are our linchpins. We want to help people that make money help them love their job and be proud of it while they're doing it. And so when we look at any new opportunity, we say, how can we help this leader accomplish those two things, make money and make a difference. And so one of the things that happens is you get in a bad spot in your business and we've all been in bad spots in our business. Maybe your cash flows down, your revenues off, whatever it is, instead of going, Oh my gosh, how can we scramble around and make money? We need to say like in the case of our business, How can we help more leaders drive more revenue and do more work they're proud of? Where's the best opportunity to do that? And when you focus on that in times of trouble, you emerge stronger, you have more competitive differentiation, and you're more engaged in your own business. Because as a leader, if you're a solo entrepreneur, your mindset is everything. How do you help a leader operationalize these ideas when they communicate to middle managers? Many leaders are very frustrated because they have the vision, they see what they want, but to communicate it to middle managers is a real challenge. It is a challenge. It is a challenge. And thank you for clarifying. Because the thing is, it's not enough to say, you know, like one of our clients is a contracting company and their noble purpose is we are reinventing the contracting industry. Because usually when you hire like a home contractor, you know, you don't have a good experience, they're late, their quote's not right, blah, 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 blah. And so they're really reinventing the whole industry. And so it would be easy for them to go say to all their people, hey, we're reinventing the industry. Woohoo, go do it, guys. But instead, what they do is they go down, they have a dialogue with their people. And they say, so how do your customers experience this industry? What could be different? What do we need to do in your job to make them experience this differently? What are the things that are holding you back? What are the things that make this difficult for you? And so when I hear managers say that they're frustrated with employees, one of the things that I do is I look at what they are actually communicating And one of the things that I often find is it's very one-way communication and they're just saying, you know, this is the vision, but then their day-to-day cadence is always about the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. And if you need, one of the things we do with our clients is we'll sit there in their annual meeting and we'll take a recording of it. And after we get it all transcribed, we'll run it through a Wordle, which is a program that will tell you which words you use the most. And it's really interesting if they say their vision is all about customers, but 80% of their talk time is about numbers. That's what the employees take away is it's all about the money. It's not about customers. I see. Very interesting. And Lisa, how did you get into this, this area of expertise? Well, my background is, as I said, I'm out of corporate. I used to work for Procter & Gamble and I was a Procter & Gamble sales trainer. And then I went off to work for a training and consulting firm in sales leadership, and I was the VP of sales there. And then I started my own firm. And for a long time, I was in sales strategy and in sales coaching, and that's where I still sit. But the thing that's really changed for me was in the last few years when I started to notice that the salespeople that had this driving sense of purpose 
this passion for customers were the top performers, I started to do research around that and validated that the salespeople who sell with noble purpose, who want to make a difference to customers, outperform their peers who are focused on targets and quotas. And so I wrote the book Selling with Noble Purpose, which went on to become a bestseller. And then what I realized after that, and a lot of people implemented that, was that I had to really address the leadership piece of how this passion for customers could be infused in the rest of the business. And so then that's when I wrote Leading with Noble Purpose. So most of my work now is as a keynote speaker or as a consultant to executives around how to bring this passion for customers into their companies. Very interesting. So what's your next book? (laughs) Well, I always say I don't write a book until I get so angry and frustrated about a problem that it becomes harder to not write the book than it is to write it. So I'm not there yet. So I see. But selling with noble purpose, leading with noble purposes, uh, who knows what's the next step, huh? Well, the thing, I'll tell you the idea that's emerging for me is that I really see how much people are yearning for meaning in their work and how dependent they seem to be on their leadership to provide it. And leading with noble purpose really was about helping leaders create a meaningful workplace. But what I'm starting to see, and again, I'm not quite frustrated enough with this problem yet to to do the work of writing a book. I'll let you know what I am. The problem I'm starting to see, though, is that people don't understand how they can create meaning within their own jobs and that it shouldn't always be dependent on your boss or your organization. And I really want to find a way to help people create a day-to-day work experience that feels meaningful and purposeful to them. And so I'm thinking that's my next idea. So it might be working with meaning or living with meaning. I've got a few books in the making here. We'll see where this goes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time and sharing your expertise. Where can people contact you? The best thing you can do is if you just want to Google me, if you Google Lisa McLeod, it's M-C-L-E-O-D and Noble Purpose, you will find me and all our information is on our website. Yes, and I encourage all the listeners to, to purchase your book. And I'll say it again, Leading with Noble Purpose. Thank you very much, Lisa. Thanks. It was a pleasure to be with you today. And contact us the next time you have your next book. I will. I will. It might be sooner than later. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for listening to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program. You can subscribe to all future podcasts at excellentexecutivecoaching.com. And sign up for monthly newsletters featuring all the latest tips and techniques to bring your coaching to the next level. Join us again soon. And until then, bye for now.